fighting, hatred, fear. Had enough of the noise? Well, folks, we're coming to the close of another year, another challenging year. And like many of you, I have just really, you know, been struggling a little bit, to be honest with you. And last week, I had to make a decision. You know, I, I, at my heart, am a teacher, and I feel like I had fallen in to, you know, the disease of needing to be right, you know, which means that somebody else has to be wrong and we have to argue and argue and argue incessantly and ultimately get nothing accomplished. Ultimately, all we do is end up wasting our own energy. I had to make a decision. Was I happy? And the answer is no, I wasn't happy. So, When we get that kind of information, it's important for us to honor it and say, well, what's going to make me happy? Because, see, I was finding myself constantly putting out fires. You know, these evildoers, they go out and they create a new fire almost every day now. And then we go and we chase the fire and we try to go put it out. And I said, you know what? I can't do it anymore. The only thing that matters, in my opinion, is that we get this to a grand jury investigation, a grand jury made up of people who are objective and independent, regular Americans like you and me, who say, I'm going to listen to what you have to say, the allegations that you are bringing, I'm going to weigh everything, and then understand that I have tremendous power as a grand juror to subpoena records and subpoena testimony. If and upon subpoenaing that testimony, I find that there is more substance to the allegations that have been presented, well, I have the power to indict. See, that's what's special about our country. Our forefathers realized that tyranny in government was possible, that corruption through the unholy marriage of corporate dollars and elected officials could ruin the dream of what this country has yet to fulfill. So I had to make a decision. I was unhappy. And I said, you know, I said, Dr. H, (laughs) what would make you happy? And I said to myself, focusing on the grand jury petition, because I believe in my heart, this is the solution and our way out of this nightmare that the evildoers, quite frankly, don't want us to wake up from. And a incredible happiness came over me, an incredible happiness came over me. 
And I said, well, what do I have to do for the people who have been trusting in me? What do I have to do to make sure that I can continue to earn your trust? I said, well, my greatest skill may be that I'm a teacher. So I'm going to teach you starting today about willful misconduct. And in the coming weeks, we have some great interviews lined up with Dr. Paul Alexander. We did finally make it happen. And um, Dr. Uh, Russell Mars, a great naturopath, and I mean great. We're going to bring on Kevin Jenkins, and we're going to bring on uh, Tom Renz and George Wentz, and we're going to bring on some of these big names so that we can discuss openly a phrase that I need you to be aware of. And that phrase is willful misconduct. Why is willful misconduct so important? Willful misconduct is so important because it is the only legal concept that pierces the immunity that the vaccine manufacturers and our own appointed officials in these lofty positions of power at the CDC and the FDA and the NIAID it's the only legal concept that pierces through their immunity. That's right. Willful misconduct is the only legal concept that removes the protections of liability granted to vaccine manufacturers by 42 USC 300 AA-11-22 otherwise known as the 1986 National Childhood Vaccine Injury Act. That's right. They know it injures. It's in the name of the act. It also removes the protections from civil immunity from, or granted by, I should say, the PREP Act. That's right. Willful misconduct. So my job and we're going to start this in this episode. My job is to teach you about willful misconduct so that you can understand it. And that when we bring on these incredibly heroic Americans to talk about the issues of our generation, of our time, that we do so in the framework of willful misconduct so you can understand the urgency before all of us to join together and hold the evildoers accountable. That's right. We do have the power to do that. It's through the grand jury system. It is the thing that I am going to focus on almost exclusively moving forward. Yes, vitamin D is important. Hopefully you've gotten the memo, 50 nanograms per milliliter, take your vitamin D. Yes, the other nutrients are important. We're going to talk about those some more, and they'll come up organically in conversations when we talk about natural health and preventative strategies. But we're always going to bring things back to willful misconduct and the grand jury petition that is being championed by two very, very heroic senators, Senator Dennis Linthicum and Senator Kim Thatcher, both of whom will join me on the show in 22. Folks, we have a lot of work to do. There's no denying it, a lot of work to do. But that work has to start with a fundamental understanding 
of the work that needs to be done. Or else what we will be relegated to is chasing out every single fire that these evildoers start. And what they've proven is they have no desire to stop setting fires. Doesn't matter whether the fire they set is constitutional or not, they'll ignore that. Doesn't matter whether the fire that they set is ethical or not. They don't care about that. What they do care about, at the very least from what we can see, is profitability. And nothing has been more profitable to the very few than this never-ending fiasco that originated in a lab using American taxpayer dollars. And if you really want to get down, originated in a Chinese lab using American taxpayer dollars. Folks, I've never seen anything that I could overtly say is treasonous. But something of this scale and magnitude, we have to start calling it what it is. And that is treasonous. We're going to have some real talks and some real conversations moving forward. I'm going to do my best to teach you as we go and not tell you. You know what I'm saying? I'm so tired of everyone telling me what I need to know. I'm going to teach you how to think and not tell you what to think. Because to do so would be an infringement upon your freedom. And that's something I'm fundamentally against. So I hope you'll indulge me. I hope we will learn together. And I hope as you gain an understanding of the significance of what we have already unearthed, that you will find both the resolve and the hope in knowing that we have and stand on the high ground. Our high ground is so high, it might as well be the Himalayas. So let's plant our flag of accurate information, empirical evidence of truth and of moral uprightness. Let's plant our flag on that Himalaya of information we already have and stop chasing around evildoers, trying to put out every little fire that they start. Let's stand on our mountain of truth together and encourage, invite more people to join us and especially to join us in calling for a grand jury investigation into the corruption, into the evil, into the willful misconduct that has gripped our nation and brings us to the precipice of a very dangerous time period. When we come back from the break, I'm going to start by sharing 
a overview of history. It's a synopsis of history, some important events, because I have some things to say about white guilt that we have to get on the table right now. And I think you're going to like what you hear. Later in, the, in this episode, we're going to talk very openly about the Administrative Procedures Act, the Paperwork Reduction Act, and the Information Quality Act, and how the CDC broke those three federal laws to defraud the American people, that is, to lie to the American people. Folks, we are in the throes of Tuskegee 2.0 right now with these experimental gene therapy inoculations that have failed to protect Americans and have proven to injure Americans at numbers and rates we have never seen before. And why? So the very few can profit. Why? So the very few can have control. Why? Because we have been chasing around evildoers instead of planting our flag on that mountain of truth and demanding that they come up and debate us where we stand firm. Well, my New Year's resolution is to change all that. My New Year's resolution is to laser focus in on the grand jury investigation and bring this into reality. And I hope that I can employ your support and your help because something this great needs all of us coming together. And no matter where you stand on this issue, we should all be clamoring for an investigation into it and transparency in what is found through that investigation. We've suffered. We are Americans. We are the free. We are the brave. And we have a right to know. When we come back from the break, we'll get into some history. And I'll do the best job I can do to start teaching you about willful misconduct so that it's easy to understand. I'm excited to talk about a new product from Healthy Cell, AC11. This is a patented bioactive extract of Uncaria tomentosa from the Amazon rainforest. It supports cell DNA repair and health span. It's a dietary supplement. I'm excited to try it. Many are interested in longevity and attenuation of senescence. We know that telomere length and other uh, biologic measures are related to senescence in uh, 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 clinical and uh, preclinical studies, particularly of animal models. And I can tell you as a doctor, dietary supplements do hold the promise of attenuating repair and damage in our body due to stress, physical wear and tear, sunlight, etc. 
and there's a tremendous opportunity for supplements to help us in this area. And so Healthy Cell has brought a product to market for you to try as part of your health portfolio. So please go to HealthyCell.com and in the promotional code, list out loud for 20% off your first purchase of products from Healthy Cell. Let's get real. Let's get loud on America Out Loud Talk Radio. Because of COVID-19, many Americans worry about their health four times a day. That's 112 times per month. But by simply keeping our immune system strong, we can stay healthy and put our worries at ease. One little known way to do this is by taking AC11, a patented supplement from a plant in the Amazon rainforest. Studied for over 20 years and backed by over 40 scientific peer-reviewed studies, taking AC11 has been proven to extend the life of immune cells called leukocytes, allowing you to boost immunity naturally. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 20% off your first order of AC11. That's HealthyCell.com, H-E-A-L-T-H-Y-C-E-L-L, and use code OUTLOUD for 20% off. Welcome back. Um, now, I think understanding what's going on today really starts with remembering our history. Now, many of you know me. My name is Dr. Henry Ely. And uh, I don't say this to brag or boast, just to let you know what I've been doing. I've been working with elected officials at every level of government to help them understand why calling for a grand jury investigation into all of these allegations of willful misconduct by members of the CDC, the HHS, the FDA, and the NIAID, and more, I'm sure there's more, why calling for a grand jury investigation, doing everything we can to make sure that this happens, even if it's only in one county, even if it's only in one state, why it's of paramount importance for the future of our children and for the future of our great nation. Interestingly, our history is filled with acts of bravery and courage in the face of tyranny and evil. But while we celebrate these acts of bravery and courage, the bravery and courage of millions of people, we must always remember why it was even necessary. Why was it necessary? Because evil exists. If you would have asked me a few years ago, do I think in terms of good and evil? I don't. I, I, I would say at that time, I didn't. Which is really silly to believe in good and not the opposite of it. When we live in a realm of relativity of day and night, up and down and so forth. But that's where I had allowed myself to be conditioned to. Into thinking that the devil doesn't exist. Well, what a great illusion if you don't have my best interest at heart to make an illusion so grand that you don't exist. A friend of mine asked me this week, do I think there's a such thing as the devil? And I said, you know, a couple years ago, I wouldn't have, but I do now. Why? 
because I've seen too much evil over the last couple of years. And I can't pretend that I haven't seen what I've seen. When we talk about evil in, in modern times, in modern times, I'm saying, in, you know, over the last several hundred years, we have to trace the majority of evil back to a, a simple thought that a small collection of people believe it is their right to do as they please, to tell the many people what they have to do with their lives. And to do so, of course, for those very few people to help them profit from it. See, what I'm getting at here is the fundamental understanding of what eugenics is. When we get right down to it, eugenics is the psychosis, the mental defect, the, the mental illness that makes someone believe they have the right to tell many people what to do. And in doing so, to profit off of what they have told those many people to do. Essentially, those many people are the property of eugenicists, eugenicists like Bill Gates, Klaus Schwab, Peter Daszak, Anthony Fauci. Whoa. Now, are they self-described eugenicists? Maybe, maybe not. But their actions suggest that they are. And like I teach my son, I don't care what people say. I care what they do. I know everything I need to know about a person through their actions. See, the story is good versus evil. And what could be more evil than the very few people who stand to profit greatly, misleading, lying to, creating fear in the sheep-like masses, the go-along-to-get-along crowd that I don't fault and don't blame. And I want to be very clear on this. I know it sounds judgmental, and maybe it even is. I'm tired. And I just don't care about political correctness. I'm not a politically correct person and I will never be. I do believe though, I have a duty to protect the innocent. And I have a duty to stand up for the people who can't stand up for themselves. Even the ones that have fallen for the narrative the narrative that has been put together and constructed and promoted by eugenicists. Judge me if you want, I don't care. You see, the eugenicists, the very few who stand to profit greatly need the sheep-like obedience. And it's why when we go through our history, several major things have happened. Let's cover the first one slavery. It's why eugenicists being able to 
construct a lie. The lie at the time was color of the skin and uncleanliness and phrenology, that, that this group of people from Africa and of African descent weren't smart enough, that they needed, they were childlike and they needed the direction and the structure of slavery. What a crock. This was the thought process of the eugenicists of that time. That is their birthright to be able to own another human being. So I want to, I want you to take a tour with me. Imagine being born into another person's property and imagine being born as another person's property for the entirety of your life, your miserable life, because that's all that could be. Imagine that person who claims ownership of you, being able to whip you and torture you at their pleasure. Imagine being a woman and being raped by your tormentor. Yes, I'm going to go there, but stick with me. I'm going somewhere with it. Imagine being that woman, being raped, and then conceiving a child from that ungodly act of evil. Imagine that child that you bear now being the property of the very person who raped you, who beat you, who owned you. You understand the type of severe mental defect, mental illness, psychosis that a human being has to possess to think that it is their birthright to treat another person this way, and then to take ownership of the child produced by their crimes against humanity and God. That is a deep psychosis. But I'm going to tell you something, because I know we're on this very narrow edge, this sharp edge right now, where we're going, Doc, where are you going with this? I'm a white person, and this is, this is starting to dig in a little bit. Well, if you're listening to this and you're white, I'd say, take a breath, because this isn't about white and black. Those are eugenicist constructs anyway. It's as absurd to group people by the color of their skin as it is by their eye color or their hair color. It's absurd. It was a eugenicist construct to divide and conquer. And every time we use that eugenicist way of thinking, we reinforce its acceptance. The more times you tell a lie, the more truthful it becomes, right? This isn't about black and white. This is about good and evil, right and wrong. So why do I say this isn't about black versus white? Perk your ears back up. Here we go. Because for every evil white person that existed during slavery, remember, these are the very few. There were hundreds, if not thousands of good white people. People like John Brown, if you haven't studied who he was as an abolitionist, you owe it to yourself to know his life. He sacrificed his life to ensure that the evil of slavery was put to an end. That's a white person doing that. So 
please, woke folk, if you're listening to this and you're trying to figure out how can I hate this dude, you can pick any of a number of reasons to hate me. Waste your energy doing that. I don't care. But please spare me this ridiculous notion of white guilt. Because each person who claims they are recovering from white privilege is an insult to every good white person, the hundreds, the thousands, the millions who fought, who sacrificed, who gave their lives to end that evil, the evil of slavery. That's right. All of these people extolling that there's white privilege and, and they're recovering from white privilege. Tell that to a person, a white person who was born poor, that there's white privilege. Now, does, are there institutions like our judicial system that definitely do not favor black people? Yeah. And we got to change that. But that's nothing for you to be guilty of, you woke folks. Isn't it really a damn thing to be guilty of? Did you enslave anybody? Did you rape anybody? Did you beat anybody? No, you didn't. Then what are you guilty of? If you haven't done anything wrong, you cannot be held accountable for the sins of your ancestors, your forefathers. You can't. It doesn't work like that. You are measured by what you do in your life. So stop giving me this, this, this self-flagellation. Get, get that out of my face. I'm so sick of the stereotyping going on that the only white people that existed before these woke folks joined Black Lives Matters, that everyone, every white person during slavery was racist. Every person in the South is racist. Stop. That's ridiculous. Stop. It's insulting. Stop. You are insulting every good white person who has ever lived. And I can't stand that I keep using white person because it's not about black and white. It's about good person. My God, what is going on? You see, being white doesn't make you good or bad. It's what you do with your life that determines whether you're good or bad, whether you're good or evil. It's not the color of your skin. So let's get to that heart of the matter. It's good versus evil. And I love pissing evil off. I love being on the side of the good. And where does evil always, almost always exist? In the few who stand to profit greatly. It's why we say, follow the money. And who makes their schemes possible? The go-along to get-along crowd, following and doing everything they tell them with sheep-like obedience. You want to stop being a sheep, if you're taking offense to me saying sheep-like obedience, what would you call what's been going on over the last two years? Where's the critical thinking? Where's the challenging of the narrative? Where's the prove it mentality? Prove that six feet of social distancing is the magic number. Where's the study? 
prove that masking works beyond a shadow of a doubt, prove that it doesn't also create other problems, prove that it, it doesn't injure the psychology, prove that the PCR test is accurate, prove that asymptomatic transmission is a real thing, prove that there is no other alternative than an experimental inoculation. Prove these things. Where is that? If you're not being a sheep-like in your obedience, then I ask you, where has the challenge been to that? There's so much to challenge. And if you're not challenging, then I have bad news for you. You are exhibiting sheep-like obedience. And it's my duty to make sure that you don't be led to slaughter for it. You get it? So before you start judging me, understand what I'm saying. When we move forward, very few people stand to profit greatly from their evil, but they can't do it alone. They need the sheep-like obedience of the go-along to get along masses. People who just don't want to be bothered. I get you. You just don't want to be bothered. But here's the thing. It's not your fault. You've been lied to. This is best exhibited from the late 1800s until 1981. The forced sterilization of women and men deemed promiscuous, ignorant, and unclean. This, that's right. It was promoted by eugenicists in the United States, and there were laws on the books in most states that allowed for the forced sterilization primarily of Black women and Native American women, all the way up until 1981. That's a eugenicist praxis. And this horror brought to us by eugenicists was brought to us specifically by the progressive movement. That's right. The folks pushing following the end of slavery for forced sterilization laws, mandated sterilization, were progressives. Eugenesis founded the progressive movement, and they are funding it today. Those who don't know their history are doomed to repeat it. But this history we cannot repeat. It's these same eugenicists, the members of the founders of the progressive movement, that taught Hitler how to be an even greater, if that's the right word, eugenicist how you can kill more people, exterminate more people with the assistance of propaganda, of lies. Joseph Goebbels, tell a lie enough and it becomes the truth. Repeat it over and over and over again and it becomes the truth. Well, that's what's been happening for two years. Lies. Lies being repeated frequently enough that they become truth. Asymptomatic transmission is real. PCR tests are accurate. 
experimental inoculations that have injured more than a million Americans and killed more than 20,000 at the very least. And those numbers are likely five to 20 to 41 times too small. But these experimental inoculations that have injured and failed to protect are safe and effective. Say it enough and a lie becomes truth. Well, very few people stood to profit greatly from the evil of the Nazi agenda. But again, they can't do it alone. They're too small of a number. They can't do it alone. They need the sheep-like obedience of the go-along to get along masses. So how do they get it? Fear? How do they get it? Coercion? How do they get it? Buying people off? How do they get it? Making sure that people that will uphold their agendas are found on medical boards and school boards and yada, yada, yada throughout the country. Replace the people who would dissent with people who agree with you. And that's exactly what's been happening in the United States of America. So don't tell me that we haven't been infiltrated by Nazis. We've been infiltrated by Nazis and we have been infiltrated by eugenicists who laugh at our notion of freedom and constitution. It's just a piece of paper to them. It doesn't have meaning. They don't need to follow it because they'll never be held accountable, at least in their mind for these great crimes against humanity. They'll never be able to be held accountable. No one will ever hold us accountable for the millions of people that we've killed. No one, okay? We'll see about that. See, the Nazi party comes to power and they bring death and destruction to every corner of the globe in an eight-year reign of terror, a reign of terror that must never happen again. They do so not because the few that stood to profit greatly were significant in number. What they were significant in is their ability to lie and by compliance. Sound like the World Health Organization and the CDC and all these ties with Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation and folks and, and Gavi and World Economic Forum and Echo Health Alliance. You, you, are you getting this? Follow the money. The American taxpayer has funded virtually all of this. Follow where the money has gone. Imagine being Jewish in Nazi Germany, this buildup, this takeover by the Nazis, the eugenicists, the Nazis. Imagine being vilified, ostracized from the very society that you pay taxes to be a part of. Imagine being denied basic civilian equal rights, basic human rights, and then locked into ghettos. Imagine having your skin tattooed with a numerical ID and then separated from your family at a train station 
for relocation and re-education. That's right. Concentration camps were called re-education camps. Imagine being sent to a re-education camp at where re-education really means death by a variety of sadistic experiments. When Dwight Eisenhower, General Eisenhower, and General Patton went through the first concentration camps, they could not believe what they were seeing. Skin from Jewish people being used as lampshades, heads shrunken, used as paperweights, dead bodies everywhere. The few that were alive looking like something out of a horror movie. They marched all of the troops through the camps and General Patton was very clear. Why am I marching you through here? Because sometimes we forget what we're fighting for when we've seen so many horrific things. But when you see the inside of a concentration camp, you now know and will never forget what you're fighting against. General Eisenhower marches the sheep-like, go-along to get along crowd, the Germans who were living in the cities near, the, the towns near the concentration camps, the re-education camps, marches them in because he was so beside himself after seeing the atrocities and then talking with the German people and saying, how could you let this happen to your fellow citizens? And the German people there saying, we didn't know. We didn't know what was going on at Auschwitz. We didn't know. And General Eisenhower watching, marching them through the concentration camps and saying, I'm going to show you every horror. I'm going to put this on film and put it in movie theaters and force you to watch it. Why? So you can never again say that you didn't know. It was your duty to know. If you didn't know, you should have known. Because this can never happen. Well, folks, that takes on a lot of significance today. What's going on in Australia? You got it. Re-education centers, concentration camps, whatever they want to call them, whatever stupid name they want to give them to market and make it look like it's acceptable. You're taking free and sovereign people, telling them that they're sick when they're not, and then putting them in an isolated camp and treating them like prisoners for no crime being committed. That's exactly what happened in Nazi Germany. It's exactly what happened in Nazi Germany. So what's this age-old thing that we're talking about? Good versus evil, right? This isn't about black and white. This is about the few eugenicists who stand to profit greatly. Have you seen the money being made by Pfizer and Moderna and the NIAID on these experimental gene therapy inoculations? Have you seen it? We're talking hundreds of billions of dollars globally. The very few eugenicists who stand to profit greatly from their evil. That's what this is about but they can't do it alone. 
They need the sheep-like obedience of the go-along-to-get-along crowd. So does that mean we have to turn our ire against the go-along-to-get-along crowd? No. My God, no. If the world ever needed anything right now, it is compassion. And if you are so well-informed as to what's going on, then it is my opinion that it is your duty to protect the innocent. Now, will we be able to help everyone? No, we won't. That's a sad reality. But if we can help even one person, it makes it all worth it. And that's the attitude we have to have. We have to walk people through the concentration camps before they happen. We have to be able to show the parallels between what has happened to black people during slavery, what has happened to women during forced sterilization, what has happened to the Jewish people during World War II. We have to walk people through the concentration camps, through the plantations, and show them, say, remember, we don't do this anymore for a specific reason. It's wrong. I am beside myself when I listen to a would-be president say that this is a pandemic of the unvaccinated. Age-old playbook, evil. Divide, conquer. Pit the people who have gotten the shots against the people who said no. And while they argue it out, we steal, we pillage, we plunder, because it's our right. That's what eugenicists do. They don't care about you. They care about themselves. They're selfish creatures, infected by greed and mental defects, mental illness. And while we fight, they laugh. We cannot fight with people who have exercised their freedom to make a choice we don't agree with. That would make us hypocrites. You have a right to make that choice. You have a right to participate in Tuskegee 2.0 if you want. You have a right to do it. And I have a right to say no. And I won't fight you as long as you don't come at me wrong. I won't fight you. I will do all I can to protect protect you, protect you from eugenicists who are emerging into our world once again, the very few who stand to profit greatly. Right now, it's the same actors, the very few who stand to profit greatly and who are profiting greatly. It's the very few. And they never seem to shut up over the last two years. 
you know who I'm talking about. It's our duty to educate. It's our duty to ensure that they are investigated. It's our duty to make sure we do everything we can to preserve freedom for all and freedom forever. I'll be right back after these messages. AmericaOutloud.com Simply put, we're patriots who believe in Ronald Reagan's vision of a shining city on a hill. From sea to shining sea, you can listen in on iHeartRadio, our free apps are on Apple, Android, or Alexa, or our world-class media player. America Out Loud Talk Radio, liberty and justice for all. All right. Welcome back, everyone. You know, I think I might have been a little too ambitious. I thought I would be able to cover the history in one segment and then really give the scope of the preliminary allegations that we have, the violations of three very important laws, the Administrative Procedures Act, the Paperwork Reduction Act, and the Information Quality Act. I thought I'd be able to do it in one show, but I'm not going to be able to do it in one show because the history is that important. So I want to talk a little bit more about the Tuskegee experiment and how what we're in today is the Tuskegee experiment 2.0. Um, so what we're going to do is we're going to cover the Administrative Procedures Act, the Paperwork Reduction Act, the Information Quality Act, and how the COVID alert number two and the Council of State and Territorial Epidemiologist paper that the CDC adopted both of those documents without any oversight and within, without um, uh, any public comment on them. We're going to talk about that in a whole nother show. I'll put something together for you because it's very important that you understand and I, I take you on a slow tour through all of this, because there's so much, I mean, my God, there's so much information. It's impossible to understand it in one fail swoop. I have had people ask me, can you give it to me in three bullet points? I'm like, no, I can't. It's that, it's that contrived. It's that intricate. I can't. So what I can do though, is I can share it with you in more digestible bites where we get enough time to spend together on it. Okay, I'll, I'll give you that. So I want to finish up though with the Tuskegee experiment today. And we'll, we'll come to, we'll, we'll keep expanding our knowledge on the most important topic of our, our time um, in future shows. Well, first I want to begin with willful misconduct, a, a legal definition. So according to uh, uslegal.com definitions, uh, willful misconduct generally means a knowing violation of a reasonable and uniformly enforced rule or policy, like a federal law. It means intentionally doing that which should not be done or intentionally failing to do that which should be done. 
knowing that injury to a person will probably result or recklessly disregarding the possibility that injury to a person may result. The term is applied in various legal contexts such as employment and torts and public offices. It's a part, like we mentioned, when we began, it's a part of that legal concept which directly breaches the liability protections for the vaccine manufacturers in the 1986 National Childhood Vaccine Injury Act and in the PREP Act. It's the very thing that we have to be able to prove that there has been rampant acts of willful misconduct. Heck, one act of willful misconduct. And I think we have that. I think we have that information and much, much more. When we look at this, it's important for us to understand what would constitute willful misconduct. Well, knowingly falsifying data, weaponizing data, manipulating data to create a false narrative, to create public policies around lockdowns and masking and social distancing to encourage public policy development, public health policy development around mandates for an experimental product. These are acts of willful misconduct to withhold evidence-based treatments from people, Americans in need is an act of willful misconduct. How do I know that? Well, I know the first the, about data based upon three very important federal laws that we'll cover in another show, the Administrative Procedures Act, the Paperwork Reduction Act, and the Information Quality Act. But how do I know it? How do I know that the withholding of evidence-based treatments for Americans in need is an act of willful misconduct? I know it from the Tuskegee experiment. You see, in the Tuskegee experiment, the CDC, the American Medical Association, and a historically black college, Tuskegee University, withheld evidence-based treatments from 399 American men during this experiment. And it was evidence of willful misconduct according to the congressional investigations that were summarized by the Belmont Report in or around 1972. And it was the outcome, the fallout from the Tuskegee experiment that was the impetus for our current medical ethics laws, especially on informed consent, 45 Code of Federal Regulations, 46, where you can find what you need to about informed consent. You see, from 1943 to 1972, evidence-based treatments for syphilis were willfully withheld from 399 enrolled participants in the Tuskegee experiment. You see, the CDC and the AMA and Tuskegee University decided that it was best not to tell them that penicillin could cure something they didn't even know they had because they had been lied to from the very beginning lied to from the very beginning. 
And what Congress, when Congress finally got the cojones to investigate this, what they determined was that it was wrong. Now, no one was ever held accountable for their actions, which is wrong. And that's something that we have to change. But it was at least determined that withholding evidence-based treatments from Americans in need was an act of willful misconduct. Well, you tell me, what would you call the, that the FDA and the CDC and all these organizations, all these hospitals are doing by preventing Americans from using ivermectin, by preventing Americans from using hydroxychloroquine, from by not checking vitamin D levels on every single hospital admission when we know that 50 nanograms per milliliter is the magic number that we don't have one, not one, recorded death from COVID in a person with a vitamin D level above 50 nanograms per milliliter. Now, is it possible that it's happened? Sure, but we don't have one recorded case of it. And that means that that's an awfully important number. So what I'm sharing with you is this history that it was wrong. The Tuskegee experiment was wrong. Slavery was wrong. Forced sterilization was wrong. Nazism was wrong. And what do they all trace their roots to? Eugenics this megalomaniacal, psychotic, misguided notion that the very few who stand to profit greatly have the right to decide for the many that they are profiting from. It's happening once again, folks, and we're going to do something about that together, me and you. May our creator shine his divine light down upon us everyone we love, and surround us all in the protection of his warm embrace. I'm Dr. Henry Ely for the Energetic Health Institute and Energetic Health Radio. I love you folks. I really do. Hope you can feel it. And I hope you'll join me in pursuing a grand jury investigation into this nightmare that never had to be. We're going to get it done in 22. I can feel it. I'll see you next week. Peace.